Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been airing inspiring, insightful conversations with all kinds of change agents who are raising the vibration on our planet. It's the intention of this show to, well, explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic spiritual ways. You'll hear how these experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play. And please rate the show so other people can find us too. We'll introduce today's guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. <laughs> the funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate geek to english for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with techlifebalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. Well, happy 2018. We are here. We have made it and I am so excited. I don't know about you, but this year has been amazing. The people that are showing up, the energy is flowing. We are really getting clear about what we want, and how to create more of it. And that's really going to be a theme for me this year. I'm going to be doing some collaborative projects, rolling some content out through the website at journeyofpossibilities.com, doing some live events, all partnering with different people, some of whom you've heard on the shows in the past, around how to create more of what we really, really want in specific areas, Overall, it's exciting stuff. And if you want some help getting clear around what you want for 2018, it's a great time for you to visit journeyofpossibilities.com and go under the events tab and pull up the vision board workshop. It's free. It's a video workshop. I help you explore all the areas of your life and kind of get a balance going in your life and really put together a visual depiction of what you want more of. Because as we focus on that, that's what we're going to expand into. So 
what do you want more of this year? Go to journeyofpossibilities.com and check it out. And if it happens to have anything to do with feminine power and sexuality, you're going to love our guest. Tatiana, I'm going to get this right. Tatiana Berenday, that's her name. Yay, you did it. <laughs> Yay. Tatiana Berenday helps people reclaim their feminine power and embrace their sexuality in profound, healthy ways. She especially loves supporting mothers to become more present in their bodies and model to their children what embodiment truly looks like. I wish my mom was still around. She would enjoy the show. Tatiana also runs Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast. You can find that at the superpowerexperts.com website and find out more about Tatiana and her work, superpowerexperts.com slash Tatiana dash Berenday. And I will link all this on the podcast. You don't have to remember that. But welcome, Tatiana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really honored to be here. Oh, it's so exciting. What a great way to start the year talking about our sexuality and feminine superpowers. So Mm. you like to ask people that. So before I even hear about your story, I want to ask you, what is your superpower? Oh my gosh, the tables are turned. I wasn't ready (laughs) for that one. Oh, of course, like, like everyone, um, many, many, and I'm, I'm sitting with with that answer in this moment. I like to think that one of my greatest superpowers is I have a plug. I have a plug to the divine. We all do, but I've learned how to use it and I'm still cultivating. Um, I'm still cultivating that. Uh, I find it through my heart. I find it through my breath. Um, I find it through my body, through, through expression, through creativity And one of my superpowers is definitely that it seems like when I'm in conversation with people, they will tell me things that they may not have told themselves or anybody else before. I have complete strangers just open up to me um, in line at the grocery store. I mean, in really, really random places, I'll have people start telling me their life story. And I just... I accept it as a as a part of my life at this point, but for some reason, I don't know what it is, um, but that's definitely one of my superpowers. I, I I help people to open up. Yeah, we share that one, and isn't that a cool one? Because look at who we get to meet, and I know I used to go, why are these people telling me this stuff? And now I'm <laughs> like, wow, this is really cool. So tell me your story. So now I get yeah. to do the the tables really are turned. Tell me a little about your story. Like, you know that you have all these superpowers. You work with amazing people like Tonya Reckla, who we've had on the show before, and she's published some articles on journeyofpossibilities.com. These great people that you're connected with. How did you get there? Where did you come from and how did you get there? What did that story look like for you? That's a really, it's been a very fascinating journey. Um, and I, I guess I would start with motherhood. I mean, I, I was on a I was on a spiritual path. I've been on a spiritual path for more than half my life um, at this point. But the the journey expanded and deepened when I had my daughter. When I was pregnant and before I was pregnant, I was studying midwifery and I was working as a doula who, um, for those who don't know, is a, a woman who supports other women in labor. She's not necessarily the doctor or, or the midwife. She's just there as the, the, the support person. Um, and so, I, and I had been doing all this work in, you know, women's empowerment and all this stuff. And, and I was convinced the whole, all throughout my pregnancy that I was having 
a boy. And I was also convinced that I was having a home birth and um, none of which were true. I ended up at the hospital. Um, My life changed course drastically. And when I went through this labor um, with under a Pitocin induction at the hospital, I had, you know, done all this work planning on how to hold this head in place so that my tissues would stretch and I wouldn't tear. And I, the baby ended up getting, you know, pulled out of me and I had a third degree tear at the end of it. And this, this, you know, sloppy, wet, warm mess of a other human is placed on my chest. And I hear it's a girl. And I heard this really clear voice, distinct voice. Um, sometimes I hear this like booming voice, you know, you hear about it, the voice of God or whatever you want to call that, but it was very clear. And it said, now the real work begins. And, um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you think you're an empowered woman, you have a daughter now who's going to reflect all of this back to you. And, um, and she's really been the catalyst for a huge part of this journey for me. Um, I mean, there's been many, many layers to it, but I, like I said, I have this, this plug where I plug into my divine guidance and, and I let it, I really do let it lead my life. I think if there's, there's something that, that I can, I don't want to say pride myself on, but it's it's just a, it's something that I've really, a philosophy of mine that I live by is I follow my guidance and where it takes me and, and I work through my fears, um, I don't let fear make the decisions for me. And so because I've done that, I've been led to connect with some really amazing people um, like Tonya. You know, I, I met Tonya at this giant conference that I had nowhere near the money to like if if you were to look at my life from the outside, you would think I was literally insane to <laughs> to think that I should be going to this this business conference at this point in my life. And a lot of people were like, I think there's been a lot of people looking outside <laughs> of my life were like, this chick is crazy, you know, <laughs> but, but I, but I, I just felt really strongly. I said to my husband, there's somebody who I'm going to meet there. And, um, and it was Tonya, you know, and, and ju- so just there's, I have a lot of stories like that in my life. I could, mm-hmm. I could talk for hours. I could say hours and hours and hours of stories <laughs> about, about just following my guidance and it leading me to some, some really wild wild rides. Um, but yeah, that's, and, and that's how I find, you know, the people who come on my show too. It's just this amazing synchronicity. I really, at this point, I'm just surrendered that I'm not the one orchestrating all of this. And it's like, all right, universe, whatever you want to show up, whatever you want to plant in front of me, I accept. Um, I'm yours at this point. And isn't that when it actually, it's, it's like for me, because I'm such a, head-based person in many ways and and organized and methodical and a planner, all that stuff that I've had to really trans transmute for myself into something mm. that into surrender. And so it was like the last thing I wanted to do was really, really let go. And yet that's when the fun starts. That's when it stops being work. That's when the real beautiful stuff can show up through us. And so I love that. I, you keep talking about following your guidance as being like the the navigation of your life. And mm-hmm. I like to touch on that a little bit with people because it's slightly different for everybody. And now that we're embarking in this really empowering year and lots of possibilities, I would like for you to kind of share a little bit of what does that look like for you on a practical level when it's not the booming voice in your head? What mm-hmm. does following your guidance look like for you? 
Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think it is a little bit different for everybody. Um, and I know for myself that first and foremost, I have to make sure that I have a certain baseline of connection with myself. For me, I do that through the breath um, and through really monitoring my nervous system, monitoring my stress levels, um, because I know that if I am in a place where I'm stressed out, if I'm running um, a negative thought train, if I am feeling com any kind of compression physically or energetically, then I won't be able to hear my guidance. So first and foremost, I have to make sure that I'm taking care of that level of things so that I can hear what, um, what my true self is actually trying to say to me. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes I will get visions of things and I, and I follow, I follow that. And sometimes it's just as simple as in this moment, something shows up and I feel an expansion in my belly and in my chest, or I feel a contraction, I feel a really strong no. And it's been a fine tuning process. And it's not something that is just like, Oh, one day I woke up and I knew how to follow my guidance. It's been like years of cultivation and practice, and and really training myself to tune into what that looks like for me. What's a yes, what's a no. Um, and, and, and following that, because it's one thing to hear it. I think a lot of people hear it mm -hmm. and just don't pay attention. <laughs> I know I've done that. I've done that plenty of times. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I heard you. Never mind. I'm going to do this thing anyway, because that's what I want. Um, but it never goes well. No, no, it doesn't. I was just going to say, and that's <laughs> when it all falls apart right there. Yeah, and I exactly. think I know better. <laughs> Anytime I think that I'm in control, like, look out, it's all going to fall apart. Right. Well, you mentioned, so you describe kind of the listening and stuff, which is important. But what you really defined there was listening to your body, where you feel it in your body, what it feels like going to the breath. There, there can't be a separation anymore between the, the listening that we think we're doing with our mind and our senses and what we're really, what's going on in our body. And that's, is that how you ended up in the path of sexuality? It seems like you are body-based and how to bring Absolutely. that home. Absolutely. I mean, it started out for me, I, I, I had 14 years of training in the theater. And so I was I grew up, I started out at the age of six, learning that the body is your instrument, the body is your tool. Um, and so I feel really blessed that I had that education so young and throughout some really foundational stages in my life, because it's really served me um, moving forward, because there, there never was a separation. It's only a thought that has separated the mind and the body, you know, it's, it, we, we can compartmentalize all day long, it doesn't make it true. And, and I think that for me, I am very body based. It's what I teach my clients. I mean, I can't even tell you how often what I am really teaching people how to do is breathe. I'll yes. get off of a session with somebody and I'm like, are you kidding me? This person is paying me to tell them how to breathe. But that's like really <laughs> a, a huge part of what I what I do with people because you would be shocked at how many people aren't like they don't actually know how to breathe, especially women. You know, we've been taught to hold in our bellies. We've right. been taught to suck it in, you know, so that you can look good for the photo. You got to, you know, trim, trim that off your chin, you know, hold, suck in your belly. But what happens when you suck in your belly is you restrict your breath. And there's like all these vital organs down there, our intestines, our wombs that we have no um, connection with because our breath doesn't go down there anymore. Um, wow. And it's, it's killing us. Like literally I have, I have. 
had clients who literally are suffering physical ailments that if aren't attended could kill them. And the source of it is because they're not breathing properly. Isn't that amazing? I mean, how many prescription pads would it take to prescribe breathing to everybody that's got too much stress, high blood pressure, like all the things that can begin to be addressed by breathing? Because when we breathe, this magical thing happens and we slow down from reacting to the external world and our attention goes back within where it's all being created from in the first place. That's right. right. It's so important. And if you want to bring it around to sex, I mean, that's what that's what I do when we're talking about sex, too. It's like, okay, can you breathe into that? Because I can't even tell you how many people, I bet you, if you're listening to this right now, you pay attention. Next time you have an orgasm, probably right before you have your orgasm, you hold your breath and you clench every muscle. Wow. And that that is going to lead to a life-depleting orgasm. Orgasms can be life-generating they can be energy genera- generating. Sex can be like recharging your battery, your vitality, your vital battery, or it can drain you. And what is the key factor in all of that is breath. Wow. So we're, I'm curious, like I, there's probably not an average client because I'm sure you attract people that have no, gone through all not. kinds of experiences, <laughs> but you're like, you're defining that one of the unifying themes is the breath. So when it comes to sexuality, what are a couple of like the basic things that you find yourself over and over trying to help break through these barriers that can help us move into a more open relationship with our own sexuality, with ourselves, with other people, just in general? Yeah, well, there's a lot of things. I think shame is number one Mm -hmm. on the list for a lot of people, especially women, but just in general, I mean, culturally, we are so taught. I think a lot of it comes down from, you know, the Puritan Christian ages of, you know, sex is a, is a sin, your body is, is dirty, is unworthy, all of these stories that whether we were actually fed them as children or not, they live culturally in our lineage. And, and our lineage is not only a cultural, a physical ancestry, it also is passed down in belief systems. And those belief systems get hardwired into, into our psyche. And so that's a lot of what I have found that I'm dismantling with clients, with, with women in particular, is this shame around body, shame around being able to have pleasure, like that, that pleasure is allowed. I can't even tell you how many people don't think that they are deserving of pleasure or like that, that it's for somebody else, but not them. Well, and I've shared before bits and pieces on the show and definitely in my blog that, I mean, not only did I grow up going to Christian churches and schools and having all of that fed into me, but then I had sexual abuse and and incest within the family on both the maternal and paternal side of my adopted family and was victim to that. So I had shame on so many levels. I could write the book of shame, you know, just to try and move through beginning to heal some of that. And that's just healing. That stuff is just to get to a place where I feel like I'm at ground zero and I can actually start to build something because everything that I built on that was unhealthy and causing more harm than good. So it's, it's like we have to unwind all that stuff and get back to the clean space and then start to build. And that can feel like a lot of work for a lot of us. Yeah. And you know, we're doing it culturally right now. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I think if there's anything that we can take solace in is that it is no longer an individual journey. It never was, but I mean, it's really not now. Mm-hmm. When you look, when you look around, you look at what's happening, you look at the Me Too movement, you look at this, this, uh, what I call the divine feminine voice sort of rising up, this, this giant roar that, that is emanating from the earth herself through the bodies of the women and through the voices of the women and the men who are receptive to that. We're not doing it by ourselves anymore. There's a, a big movement of change that we're seeing and that we're inside of right now. Yes. And and that feels good. You know, it is finally, so like I said, it was passed down through my relatives and my parents' generation, just that far back, my parents' generation was, I have to carry this. We can't talk about this. There's nothing wrong with me. We're not going to talk about this. And when when I told my mother what had happened to me from her husband's father, her response was, we don't ever mention that again. Your father can't take it emotionally. And I don't blame her anymore. I mean, God knows she was carrying all her guilt and shame and she was showing me her reality, right? So exactly. So now that we're safe to talk about it, no wonder we're all wandering around angry and confused and because yes. we're finally blurting out what generations have been keeping quiet about. And yes, we- and well, what I, I mean, you were asking what were some of the themes that, that come up and the, finding the voice is a big one also. Yeah. And and when the voice has been silenced for so long, like like you shared in your family, like you were taught to be quiet about these things. And a lot of a lot of us were taught, men and women, were taught that you there are just certain things you don't talk about. That's why I love that. Like I can have a podcast show called Sex, Love and Superpowers <laughs> and I can go on there and talk openly about sex and orgasms and consciousness and all these fun topics, you know, and it's, it's can be widely disseminated is like such an an amazing thing to me for thinking two generations ago, that was just something you did not even talk about. Like we really have come a long way, but when the voice starts to first activate, um, it's not always pretty. I mean, you think about <laughs> someone, if they haven't been talking for a week, like when they first open their mouths to speak, it's probably going to sound a little gravelly, a little raspy. That's what we're seeing right now. It's not eloquent. It's not beautiful. It's not perfect, but it's being spoken. And I think there needs to be a lot of patience with that process, um, that it's going to look a little messy as we're sort of waking up out of this collective slumber that we've been in for generations. It's going to look angry. It's going to look raw for a little while as we together figure out how to refine it. Absolutely. And so moving kind of a little more into that space, what do you say to women who are finding their voice and they're still, you know, like possibly I'm not alone in the fact that there are areas where I have am perfectly comfortable using my voice and other areas where I find that I still feel muted. Like when I'm completely uncomfortable in a, in a moment of intimacy, I can't speak. It, it'd be great to speak up and say what I'm sharing, but I feel like I just can't even open my mouth. So how do you help people move through those really awkward moments when they can't speak up? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And the, the first thing that that comes as you as you share that in this moment is just find a way to make any sound at all Mm. even if it's not words to just make a sound we like whatever it is like Mm -hmm. and knowing you know hopefully if you're if you're having these intimate sexual experiences you're with a partner who 
and you have a safe container that you can communicate about those experiences outside of them, you know, before or afterwards. And I always recommend when we're, when we're doing this work, I mean, I think the bedroom is a very, very powerful place to do this very deep work. Um, for me, for me work, this, the sexual work is not just about having a great orgasm. It's, it's a spiritual practice and it's a, it's a path to evolution and to really honing our deepest truth and learning how to express it. And if we can do that in the bedroom, we can do it anywhere because that is the place that's like, for me, it's like the final frontier. And, and so to what I would say to someone who's really in those, in those experiences in the bedroom is to just start making any sound at all and to have a conversation with your partner ahead of time uh, to say like you know what sometimes I get in these moments um, where something is not working for me and I actually can't speak and I know that this is because of because of my past because of my history but I I really I'm, I'm aware of it and I want to work through it with you. And so can we have some kind of agreement that if I can't use my voice, I can, you know, maybe if it's even just like you notice that I have frozen and my eyes are glassy and I've checked out, like, will you stop and check in with me in that moment so that we can, so that we can have a dialogue around it so that I can start to work through it. Cause I don't want to stay in that stuck frozen place. Yes. And as you were saying that I was visualizing this isn't eyes wide open, you know, for so many of us yes. that had shame around it, it was close your eyes, turn off the lights, and yes. let's just do this. And and now, yes. because we're bringing spirituality, which ironically is what shut us down at some point, and sexuality together, we're talking about a very conscious moment, eyes wide open, lights on, this is my truth. This is your truth. It really is the deepest form of intimacy. And just being able to even be in that space together without even doing anything is really profound, right? Yes. <laughs> eye contact with your partner is huge, uh-huh. period. Eye contact with your partner is huge, period, just in daily interaction. But to bring eye contact into a sexual experience I mean, the level of intimacy and depth that is accessible through that, it, you can't put words to it. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself can be really challenging for a lot of people to say like, okay, you're inside me, we're here together in this moment, and we've agreed to make eye contact, or like, to, I'm going to make eye contact with you, this is our agreement, we're going to be in connection as you enter my body. Mm-hmm. That's really, really very deep and very powerful work. And it brings a level of connection and partnership that it's hard to find through other means. And talk about breathing through it. For anybody Uh with any kind of history there, we are talking about breathing through that experience. Well, and you know, Mario's been on and off the show a lot. And everybody knows by now, Mario's my partner. And just even to do those tantric exercises with and not tantric in the form of any kind of naked touch, even I'm just talking about hands on each other's knees, hands on each other's arms, holding each other's hands and looking Mm -hmm. deep in each other's eyes and just sitting like that for a while. And it's still me that breaks the gaze. It's always me that breaks the gaze because I still have these layers of 
comfort and discomfort that I'm moving through. And he's very yeah. comfortable in himself. And I think that just being with someone that you can be that open with, that is comfortable with themselves, that can love you unconditionally is the biggest gift. The healing happens before you even touch each other. And so all these little things That's that right. sound little are profound. Yeah, they really are. They really are. It doesn't, it's the simple things, you yeah. know, they say God is in the details or, you know, whatever word you want to use. I know that that word God can be really triggering for people. And there was something that you said earlier that I, I just wanted to point out because you said, you know, spirituality is a place where a lot of this wounding happened. And I think it's really important to distinguish that it's the dogma yes. that created the wounding yes. and not the connection to spirit. Because I've seen that in so many people where they, because of the wounding, the deep, deep wounding that the the severely dogmatic um, Christian upbringing placed in them. I mean, I've met some beautiful Christian people also who yes. are really living those teachings and are embodying them, and it's gorgeous. And and so I don't want to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's some there's some real beauty in there too that I have I have met some embodied people who are living those teachings. But I think it's really important anytime we get into dogma, and it's not just in Christianity. I have seen it. In, in the new age, I've seen it sometimes worse in the new age, um, mm -hmm. different spiritual lineages. Anytime we're hiding out in a rule, yes. um, I think that, you know, we, we got to be careful there. Thank you for distinguishing that. Yes, absolutely. I'm in complete agreement with you. Yeah. So what about those of us that just kind of go, well, that's not, that's not a level of consciousness I'm ready for. Or what, what are we missing? What are we sacrificing when we don't step into that aspect of ourself that you are so passionate about working with women to do? Um, your whole life. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> I, I don't think that, I mean, it's like, what are we doing here? Right? What are we really here to do? Why are we in skin? Why do we come down to this earth and put skin on if we're not going to embody it? If we're not going to step into, into what it looks like to really be in a body, we're just going through motions. And if you want to just go through motions for the rest of your life, that's fine. You'll be given another chance in my belief system. You'll come back again and try it all over again. But it's like, really, what are we doing here? Are we here to evolve or not? And and if we're here to evolve, if we're here to grow, as I believe your listenership is, if they're listening to a podcast called Exploring Possibilities, <laughs> you know, and they're wanting to expand their level of consciousness, I mean, if you really want to expand your level of consciousness, you have to go into some of the areas that scare you. Yeah. Fear is what distinguishes us from the animal kingdom. Fear is what makes us human. And our relationship to fear is indicative of how willing we are to step into that realm of divinity. Sexuality has long been seen as a pleasure center, just on a on the most superficial level. Like it's 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 great animalistic thrill, right? I mean, that's kind of how I describe what sexuality has been used as for the last however many decades. Like for many of us, it's been more of our animal instinct coming out, more of just the physical thrill. It hasn't been that deep spiritual connection with it for many of us. Some of us have shut it down completely. 
what, how do you language what you feel like the connection is between sexuality and consciousness and our spiritual journey? How do you present that to people? That's a good question. I don't think I have like a presentation that I've come up with yet. <laughs> um, but I think really, I mean, again, it comes for me, like the breath is the, to bring a full circle, the breath is the, is the lifeline between all of it. What separates it? What, it like how, how willing are we to make it conscious? Cause yeah, sex is, is hella fun, you know, of course. <laughs> That's, that's part of it. But part of it is not just about sexual pleasure. It's about pleasure, period. What's your bliss tolerance? You know, what's the level of bliss that you are willing to invite into your life? Because in my, in my experience, I mean, what do I know? I'm just like one little human walking around on this planet. And I've, I've walked some life experience and I've met some really amazing people. And, you know, maybe I can say that I've learned some things, but it's not going to be anything different than anyone who's learned some things is really going to tell you. It just might come out in some different words. <laughs> but, you know, in, in my, in my experience here, I really believe that, that bliss, and being willing to meld with bliss is the closest we can get to to that divine union here on earth you know in in physical form it's like if you really want to transcend physical form don't come down and put skin on what's the point um and if we're going to be here in this amazing body that has all these pleasure centers like let's use them to get to god that's that's kind of where i'm at with i it. love it <laughs> Well, and I wrote down, what's your bliss tolerance? That's going on the podcast description. That's perfect. Yeah. I love wow. it. And, you know, that's another whole area of our persona is literally that. And it's not just about sexuality. I mean, it's funny how what was happening for me sexually was showing up all over my life that I was forgetting how to have fun and play in every aspect of my life. And as I go into fun and play, wow, there's sex again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, so you're right in that it is a bliss tolerance. Yeah, you have to be willing to have fun. Shocking, (laughs) especially as you become a grown up, you know, grown ups aren't supposed to have any fun which I think is like the saddest thing. That's why I love children. I love my daughter. I love hanging out with kids. Before I was a mom, I hung out with kids. And I was always like, yeah, let's play. Because they know what's real. It's like none of this other stuff is real. We just make it so because we think we're important or whatever. Yeah. Well, I love that you brought your daughter back up again. So one of the questions I want to ask in coming full circle is, what has been one of the greatest lessons you've learned from your daughter so far? One. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every day is a lesson with my daughter. I mean, she's really been one of my one of my best teachers. I remember when she was she was like pre-verbal, I think, but she was a toddler and I would start to think things and she would act them out and I was like, "Oh man, I can't even hide in my own head anymore. Like <laughs> I have to be so on top of my thoughts because if I'm not, she's going to act it out for me. Are you serious? Um, we just, we have that kind of connection and, and she's really taught me so much about being real with how to communicate about emotional process. I mean, even this morning, like I was Time is like the one thing that stresses me out more than anything, right? Because it doesn't really exist. We made it up anyway. It's a construct. <laughs> yeah. And then we've, we've created these lives around this like 
fake thing. <laughs> and so, and so it's stressful when, when there's right. like a clock telling me I have to be somewhere and, and maybe I haven't lined everything up perfectly to be in alignment with that. And, and so I was getting stressed and when I'm stressed, I'm not a very nice person. And I don't think any of us are really that great when we're stressed out. And so, you know, there were, I, I was short with her and, and she then got angry with me. She was like reflecting it right back at me. And I was able to just communicate with her in that moment about where I was at and apologize for acting from a place of stress and like, just tell her all of these things, everything I just told you, you know, like I'm feeling stressed out about time and like, here's where we're at. And I'm sorry that I'm acting from that place. And I'm going to do my best right now to stop caring about what other people think about me. Because ultimately, that's really why time is stressful, because I'm afraid what the person on the other end of my appointment is going to think if I'm late. Mm. And just like, that's not important. What's important right now is that I'm here with you. You're my daughter. I love you. I care about you. You don't deserve to be being treated in a short manner. And so here I am, I'm going to take care of my nervous system in this moment. I'm going to let go of the compression. You know, I mean, she's just, that's that's the role that she serves for me. And that's every day. So it's really hard to say, like, what's the one lesson? My God, it's like, it's a daily one with her. And it's it's even deeper presence is what it sounds like is the overarching lesson that shows its face in all kinds of different ways. It's like, how much more present can I be, right? Oh, there's that yeah. going on now. And Yeah, I think that's actually, I think you named it really well. If you could put it in in one word, that's what it would be. It would be presence. That is the teaching that she has given me. Because same, when she's throwing a tantrum, how do I not go into total overwhelm and stress and nervous system breakdown when she's screaming her face off and being a little jerk? You know, like, how do I navigate that? Also, I have to get really present and curious. Just like, hmm, okay, what's this about? (laughs) (laughs) That's fabulous. I'm so glad that you're visiting with us today. I'm getting so much out of it. I'm just... Yeah, it's fun. Thank you so much for having me. I feel really honored to be your first guest of the year. Oh, well, thank you. You're setting a great tone for the year because really what we're talking about in sexuality and what we're talking about in motherhood, it's, it's in every aspect of our life. And when you said about time, I laughed so much because that's exactly what I say about time. We made this up and made ourselves slave to it. Like what on earth were we thinking? And when we talk about sexuality, we made all that up and became slave to it. Like we've made so much stuff up and become slave to it and then wondered why things aren't working. And it really is kind of an unwinding of, okay, what's the story behind that? And how can I rewrite that in a way that serves me better, whether it's sexuality or career or parenting? money what yeah (laughs) that one that one gets me too that's why this whole cryptocurrency thing is so fun to me because I'm like sure we made up the dollar we can make something else up too why not none of it means a thing let's play with it like who cares this is ridiculous yes and and behind all of that is the illusion of scarcity right and all the ways that it tries to masquerade until we finally learn that we are the abundance that we're so scared we're not going to find right it's right here in skin it's us it's so funny that's right yeah yeah we're (laughs) funny creatures humans are really we're we're silly we are and that's (laughs) that's the best medicine right there i mean what are you gonna do but laugh about it right when you finally realize that the joke's on us we're the joke like hello (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And that was one yeah. of the things I loved about Tonya when I started getting to know her is like, what a healthy thing. I, I was in a place in my spiritual journey where it was so serious and I was deep in my stuff. And it's like, oh God, that's refreshing. That laughter feels really good. And so I think I bears mentioning again, as we embark into 2018, laughter still is really a great thing to have it handy at any given moment. It is. It is. It's, I mean, they say it's the best medicine for a reason because when I mean, you hear about that, yeah, I heard a story a little while back about a man who totally cured his cancer just by sitting down and watching funny movies with his family and was just like, I'm just, if I'm going to die, I'm going to laugh it off. Oh. You know, I'm going to laugh my way out of my life. And his cancer disappeared from, from just laughing. Wow. It's all yeah. vibration, right? And and the vibration of laughter is completely the opposite of the vibration of disease. So yes, yeah. I agree with yeah. that. And it's true. I mean, the spiritual journey, you can get really heady and serious with it. Mm-hmm. I've definitely gone there. And I've had a number of teachers be like, you need, I had actually, it started out with my acting teacher in college. She, can I swear on your show? Uh, knock yourself out. <laughs> okay. Um, I was, we were doing some exercise in, in theater class in acting class. And she said to me, she said, you need to learn how to fuck up in front of people. (laughs) It's basically like, stop taking yourself so damn seriously. That's been a big one for me. I feel like one that I'm really just starting to learn how to do better. My daughter also has been great about that because it's like, if you can openly talk about all sorts of bodily functions as you have to, when you're a a parent to a, a small child, you know, it's like, you start to take things a little less seriously. That's true. Although, you know, that wasn't it for me because I raised my stepchildren and it, mm-hmm. no, that I was, I still took it very serious and would be very quiet about it. So nobody could hear us. And if anybody seemed like they heard us, then I'd get irritated. And that's all part of that whole past thing that we're all getting over ourselves. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Maybe I just live with a, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to live in an area where I had some other parents who were willing to go there in that conversation with me. I think actually, I really do want to give credit to, to the people who I, who I have raised my child alongside, because they've really supported that process for me in a big way. It's, I think if I, if I was trying to do it, I mean, I've experienced the, that whole, I don't even know what to call it. It's like, you're comparing yourself to all these other parents and it's like, oh, well, if they're not doing it, I shouldn't be doing it. And what are they going to think if I do this? I was thinking it could be really funny actually to make a video of like what parents do when no other parents are around <laughs> and then what they do like on the playground when they think other parents that they don't know are watching. And yes. the difference. I think that could be really amusing. <laughs> I don't think I have the, it's not like top of the list project for me right now, but <laughs> if someone else wants to take that and run with it, I highly, I give it, I give it away because I, I would love to see it. I think it'd be hysterical. That's a great idea. I'm so glad you spent the time with us today. So Sex, Love, and Superpowers on the Superpower Experts website is your podcast. And then do you have anything else coming up that you want to let us know about? Or do you work with people? You mentioned working with clients. So how can people connect with you, work with you? What does that look like? Yep, they can They can find me on superpowerexperts.com. Um, if you go under the About tab under Experts and Coaches, my name is right there, Tatiana Berenday. They can also go to my website, TatianaBerenday.com, and find me through there. Um, although I do highly recommend being a part of the Superpower Net when I work with my clients. That's kind of one of the things that comes along with the package of working with me because it's just it's an accountability community and it's also a really great resource, um, like a, a spiritual resource library, if you will. So. 
so that's there. I'm I'm hoping to to have some workshops in my local area soon, but I'm still in the formulation phases of that. So I don't have anything to like straight up promote right now in that, in that arena. But if you want to find out more about me, you can, again, you can find the podcast through superpowerexperts.com. You can also find it on iTunes. It's um, under the superpower up podcast, sex, love and superpowers. We've got about, I think five shows live now and like 15 more in the pipeline coming your way. It come, airs weekly on Wednesdays. Um, but yeah, if, if anyone's curious to know more about how I work, you can always sign up for a free consultation with me on the Superpower Experts website or on TatianaBaranday.com. You can go from there. Thank you so much for that. And I love to ask my guests at the end of the show, if you have a parting thought that you'd like to leave us with today. Mm. If there's anything, it's just, you know, like stuff is kind of crazy right now. It's being shaken up um, all over the place. Our earth is going through some really powerful changes and it's, there's a lot of things that are happening that are outside of our control. And the only thing that we really have dominion over is our internal experience. And so if there's anything I want to leave your guests with, I'm going to come back to really making friends with your breath and really Mm -hmm. making friends with your inner landscape so that you can, you can navigate what, what the world and what life might lay out in front of you. Absolutely. That's great. And, you know, I'll tag onto that and say, as we start to look around us at all the chaos, it's a really powerful time. Instead of focusing on what we want to resist, take its opposite and create more of that. Create what we want and not That's worrying right. about what we don't want because we certainly don't want to create any more of what we don't want by focusing on it, right? So that's, that's right. And my thing this year is let's create what we want. <laughs> yeah, and, and nature, you know, nature creates order out of chaos. Yes. And so it's a really beautiful opportunity for us to get clarity. Chaos provides clarity. All right, yes. well, now I know what I don't want. And so then, therefore, I know what I do want. And exactly, I can focus on that because what you focus on expands. Thank you so much for your time and energy. And I wish you every joy in 2018 and look forward to when we can play together again in some new way. Me too. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for having me on the show. This has been real fun. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.